This is Bo Buchanan. I'm here with another edition of On the Level, and I'm today I'm talking to Worshipful Brother Jerry Battinger, and we are at MasonicCon in Casa Grande in March 2022. Uh, Brother Jerry, can you first please tell me your full name, your home lodge, and any Masonic titles you may have? Uh, my name is Gerald Dennis Battinger. I go by Jerry. Uh, my home lodge is Oasis 52 in Tucson, Arizona. I currently hold the title of President of the Arizona Masonic Foundation for Children. I'm a past master and a past patron of an Eastern Star chapter. Can you tell me, do you remember the first time you heard about Freemasonry? I've heard about Freemasonry for a good part of my younger life. Uh, and uh, I, a uh, late life Mason, I didn't uh, join Masonry until my 50s, but I had heard about the organization. And what was it that finally caused you to, to take that next step and start looking into becoming a Mason? Just a quick story, I had two friends at church and I found out they were Masons and I was interested in it because I had retired from the Marine Corps a few years before, and I missed the camaraderie of the Marine Corps. And so the Masons sounded like something I might want to look into. So I started talking to these two uh, brothers of the church about their Masonry experience. And to my surprise, they talked to me, but they never did anything to go forward. So I let it go for a little bit of time. And about a year later, I talked to them again, and once again, to my surprise, they just kind of let it die and went on about their business. So about another year later, I actually talked to them, and they said to me, Lord, we thought you would never ask. <laughs> In Virginia, you have to ask three times. And so that was my third time, and that did it. And so I talked to them about joining Masonry, and I've never looked back. So and what, 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 lodge did, what lodge and number was that? I'm, matter of fact, I am a, a life member in perpetuity of Mount Vernon 219 in Mount Vernon, Virginia. Oh, so that's the lodge you received your degrees at? Yes. And how long were you a member of that lodge? Uh, about uh, eight months. And then uh, for, because of a life uh, experience, I decided to move and come to Tucson, Arizona. And what, what year was that? 2002. And did you immediately join a lodge here? I had decided that I was going to take my time in both two things, buying a house, and the other one was uh, deciding which lodge to join. Because I found out, I'd done my research and found out there were many lodges in Tucson. And so I scheduled one night and went to a lodge called Oasis 52. And I never turned back from that either <laughs> because that night I met some fine brothers I could see that the lodge needed help, and I'm a person that likes to get involved. And I thought maybe this is a place that I could stop and I could be of assistance and I could make a difference. And uh, so I, I ultimately joined Oasis 52. And tell, did you start going through the chairs right away when you joined that lodge? I was, I was uh, voted on uh, one night. And I immediately was sitting in the uh, senior deacon's chair. <laughs> wow, that was fast. And then the following year, I wasn't in the junior warden's chair. I had to jump into the senior warden's uh, chair because the lodge was having trouble at the time. I detected that the first night. I could tell there was some, something there, and people needed help. But it was good people, and they looked like they, need, they deserved my effort helping them.
And so the master was going to sit one more year. So he asked me to go into the West, uh, get my proficiencies done, and be ready to take over the East the following year. And that's what I did. Wow. Now, how soon, what year was you, were you master? 2006. 2006, okay. And what year, year did you uh, get involved and start uh, working on the Arizona Masonic Foundation for Children? 2005. 2005. Let me tell you that story, uh, Bo, because I think it's, it's, it's really important. Grand Lodge at that time used to hold breakout sessions at Grand Lodge. And I went to two breakout sessions based on a, he's a dear brother. So can I mention names? Yeah, please. Worshipful brother Paul Weathers. Uh, He was the master that was in trouble in the East at the Oasis. And I just took a shine to Paul. He's one of my dearest uh, Masonic brothers. And Paul took me to Grand Lodge. It was in Tucson. And we went to Grand Lodge and they had workout sessions. And I went to breakout sessions. I went to two. One was the children at risk uh, program and then the other one was a thing called Lodge of Excellence and Paul turned to me and said do you think this Lodge of Excellence thing would be something that this Lodge could use well having a real strong background in project management organizational management I told Paul anytime you know if you without prior planning you're going to get some kind of results you don't want so I told him I thought it'd be a great deal I'm happy to say that we're the only lodge still in Arizona that still does the Lodge of Excellence these many years later. And I'm, I'm proud of that, and I'm proud of our effort that we put into that. The other breakout session, the children at risk, I came home, and I said to my wife, Honey, I, you know, I know this is new and all, but I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I have got to be involved in that program. I've got to figure out how can I contribute to that program. Because the way it it goes after a problem with children it just touched my heart and from that moment on i started getting involved with it i started i used to go to uh up to prescott uh to the the uh retreat they had up there where they put the classes on at chapel rock at a retreat uh, they have up there and um from that point on i then uh dave lukey who uh, was a deputy grandmaster, was getting ready to go into the East at the Grand Lodge. He was the program manager, the, the gentleman I was dealing with. So, so let me clarify, you got involved in 2005, but it was already running at that yes, time? Yes, it was. Okay. We, the the, the um, foundation started in 1995. It actually got to doing, really doing the program in 1998, but it was incorporated in 1995. Okay. Uh, and so... Uh, Dave asked me if I would take over as the program manager uh, because he was going in the East and he wasn't going to be able to do the things. And that's how I got into the more the foundation part rather than the program part. So I actually became the program manager for the, uh, for the we call it the MSAP program, the uh, Masonic Model Student Assistance Program. Uh, we, we refer to it as the Children at Risk Program. So children at risk, so that's different. Is that this? That's different than the. No, that is what. That's the name of the program where you go to summarize, and you can put this in better terms than me. Where you teach teachers how to identify children at risk, right? How to how to actually to, to put it right on, how to put a core team of four to six people to into a school building, with the ability 
to identify a child at risk, write the individualized intervention plan, execute that plan, and then manage that process within the building. That's really the core of what we do. And we provide a three-day workshop for them at no cost to them. We provide a three-day workshop showing them a model. And one of two things are true. Either they do not have something and they need this, or they already have something, but we have found literally 100% of the time our workshop will allow them to enhance what they already have because it's so comprehensive. And it's been around for a long time. The model was developed in the mid-'80s, and it's been going on across the country now since then by the same group of people that have the model. Uh, they've had it since the mid-'80s, and they're still doing it today. So you've been doing this, by my math, 17 years now. Yes, sir, that's correct. What, what keeps you motivated or excited to keep doing this? A child at risk will remain at risk until someone intervenes. An at-risk child cannot defend themselves. An at-risk child cannot cure themselves. An at-risk child, just like any child, can't find the right way. They have not developed the life skills to be able to deal with what they're dealing with that puts them at risk. What puts them at risk? Mom and dad just had a divorce. That's an at-risk child. That child is dealing with something. They have no idea how to do that. They have no life skills. Those things aren't taught in schools. Where does everybody think they get the skill to deal with that? They don't have that. That's why you see many different reactions from divorces. Some children come through it. Some never recover from it. Then you go into the other things. A child can't get mother out of jail. A child can't make daddy stop beating mom. A child can't make mom and dad quit using drugs. They don't have the life skills to deal with that. But deal with it they must from the time they wake up in the morning to the time they go to bed. The teachers tell us, we call it the backpack thing. The teachers tell us, you can see the child when they come in, they'll get off the bus, they come into the room, and they need about 45 minutes where they're taking that backpack off. And then all of a sudden, they're doing okay. About 45 minutes before the bell to go home, you'll see them put that backpack right back on their back because they're going back to the same hellish place they came from. We teach the teachers that they can't fix families. So we get them to bound it within the realms of things that they can do, academics, things like that, within that school boundary are a lot of things that they can do to help that child. And that's what we teach the uh, educators to do. How does that tie into the, the values of Freemasonry or what Freemasonry is about? You know what, I'm gonna say this. Um, there's a term in Freemasonry, the widow's child, and I believe that's children. I am always surprised at the lack of knowledge of Masons about what the Mason, the Masonic family has done in this country in terms of children. Public schools owe some kind of uh, homage to Masons. Masons were a big part of creating public schools. Masons were a really big part in creating children's orphanages. They were also a big part in creating public libraries. So I, I reach back for that history. 
And I feel like I need to grab back that history and be one that reaches out to children. Children are my passion. I, I want them to have a safe and a, a prosperous life. I want them to become productive adults and live their life out that way. That's what drives me. And I know that that's not happening. Who would you say maybe were some of the role models for you as you were coming up in Freemasonry that kind of showed you the path? You know, I have to I have to get Paul Weathers. Uh, Paul Weathers is uh, just, I did, as again, a late life Mason. I needed to understand the Masonic world. And Paul just has a, a solid grasp. And Paul is a, he's just a solid man. He, he's a, he, he was a good man that Masonry made a better man. And uh, I stepped in and said, you know, if I'm going to emulate somebody, I think I'm going to I'm going to look at Paul. And then along the way, I have found those, I found those folks uh, and through the, the Children at Risk program. One of my one of my real f- exciting things or things that really fire me up is when I recruit Master Masons from different levels, different places within our family, and I take them to man the classes when we're putting on the classes. I get to sit back because I'm the boss. So I sit back and I look around and I'm looking at Masons and the look on their faces, this is why I joined Masonry. That fires me up. Those are the people that I use uh, to drive me forward. And those that work like that. If it's not children at risk, it's other things that, that Masons work on. I think our organization should always remember benevolence. That's what it's all about. And I believe that's what the young men that are joining my fraternity are looking for. And that fires me up. So what would you say then to, you know, if, if there are young men or just men in general listening to this interview in 10 or 20 years, maybe they're curious about Freemasonry or thinking about joining, what would you say to them? I, I would say to them, give me 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> because I would say I've never looked back. I... I, I the camaraderie, I missed it when I retired from the Marine Corps because I was a Marine, and uh, uh, camaraderie is important to Marines. And uh, having the fellowship, uh, the camaraderie, uh, being with men with like, like thoughts, like uh, ideals, like uh, th- 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 that's something that really, really I wanted. And I would say to them, if that's what you're looking for, if you're looking for benevolence, come on in. I, I have a place to come help me with the children at risk. If that's not your thing, there are other places where their benevolence is occurring. And I would say to them, if you look and the benevolence is not there, then get off your butt and create it. Because you can make that happen. And that's what's important. With our effort, unbeknownst to a lot of people, in the time I've been involved, we have changed by not me but by major university studies that have been done we have changed about 28 to 100 to 3,000 children's lives I'm just one little guy and there's only a couple of us working on this and that's pretty powerful that's that's a that's a powerful thing we're doing it for $20 a child it's hard to find a charity where people are changing a child's life for 20 bucks. You tell me that, my hand will get 
bruised getting into my pocket to pull that $20 bill out to give it to you to change that child's life. So I would tell that, that man, take a look at it. Just come give me 15 minutes. Come join me. Come visit with us for a while and see what you see. And then I think you'll, you'll find that this may be a place where you can be a better man. Ironically, our interview has been about 15 minutes. So. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much. We're Your from Brother welcome, Jerry. Sir.